When it comes to being an equine vet, an owner doesn't want you to teach them to ride well enough to compete at badminton. They just want you to fix their horse. Just remember, confidence in the basics is everything. But don't forget, when it comes to horses, a knee is not a stifle and a green horse is not actually green. Welcome to another episode of Beaver Pod Life. Today with me, I've got Lucy Harrison and Meg Perkins, who are third year students from Harper Keel. Hi, both of you. Hello. So thanks for coming to uh, record with me today. We're hoping to chat a little bit about the whole horsey, non-horsey thing that can create a bit of a, a challenge when people are considering whether to enter the equine career path. So give me a little bit of a background to you. So Lucy, first, do you want to tell me about, a bit about your background and um, what it is that's attracted you to becoming an equine vet? Uh, yeah, so I've pretty much ridden horses for as long as I can remember. I mean, I had the very typical pony club upbringing, doing all the stable management, rallies, all your pony club exams, everything like that. And then I evented for quite a long time in my teens. And I went to that stage that I think all pony club people do where they want to do it professionally. And yeah, my parents sort of just turned around one day and said that they wouldn't fund it for me, which is pretty much fair enough. And so, yeah, I decided that I still wanted to do horses as a career, but in a more sustainable way, which is where the veterinary side came into it. Perfect. And did you have a veterinary background in your family? Yeah, so both my parents are equine vets. Well, my mum's mum's retired now, but they're both, yeah, that's what they've always done, worked at the same practice. Um, for a long time they sort of met at uni and then sort of went from there but yeah it's been very much yeah sort of kind of an easy role into it, I suppose yeah yeah you've seen you've seen it in real life mm. and then Meg tell me a bit about your background and what's what's drawn you towards the equine side um so I came from a background with absolutely no horses um my mom was allergic to well is allergic to horses so I couldn't even get involved with anything horsey, really, even if I wanted to. Um, I was that kid, though, that whenever we went on holiday, begged my parents to take me on like some pony ride that I could, yeah, or a donkey ride on the beach or something. Um, But yeah, like getting attracted to equine, just coming to uni, learning about it, um, making friends with horsey people, hearing their experiences, um, and like preclinical EMS, loved it. Um, But yeah. Yeah, it looks like an a like a place you wanna you wanna be where you wanna spend the rest of your career. That's nice. That's good to hear. I mean, Lucy, so you, what's been challenging for you coming from a horsey background, and perhaps maybe people having preconceived ideas or whatever? What what's the what's the challenge been for you, if any? Um, so in terms of actually finding placements and kind of going on placements, it hasn't been particularly challenging in that sense because it's kind of it comes a second nature, doesn't it? But I suppose. If I was put on a farm, it would be a completely different story. It's just kind of what you're comfortable with. Um, I guess the only challenge really, I kind of, I avoid telling people at all costs that my parents are vets just (laughs) because it takes the pressure off. Um, And I do, I have found occasionally that when people do find out if they've sort of asked, you know, what your background is and everything, um, they definitely make comments, that, you know, in terms of, oh, you must be amazing with your anatomy then, or you must, you must know everything already. And honestly, that couldn't be further from the truth. So I just, I avoid all of that just to take the pressure off myself. Um, 
but I do. Yeah. So I also find that I often default to going to the practice that my parents have been at just because I know the place it's close to home. I kind of know everybody there. So it's, so I actually enjoy going there. And I also, I, I learn quite a lot as well because I'm kind of more confident and allowed to get a lot more involved in stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, I kind of need to avoid getting into that, getting into that hole of just staying there all the time and actually branch out a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that was like you're saying, sort of taking the blinkers off and seeing, seeing other parts of the industry that maybe aren't just related to where you're comfortable and where you've, where you're familiar and, and managing those expectations that people might have of you. Yeah. And then Meg, sort of how, how have you found, you know, what are the challenges for you really sort of trying to enter the, the horsey community as many people call it? Um, I think it's quite difficult. Um, there's a lot of terminology used that you have to get used to that yeah. like, I had no idea what any of it meant before mm-hmm. going out and trying to learn it. Um, even like things such as coat colorings and things like when they're like, go and get that bay horse. And it's like, I don't know. what that is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I feel like I always don't play what I do actually know mm-hmm. to people just so if I do well, it's kind of like, Oh, she's actually, she, maybe she just knows yeah, something. That's so bad after all. Yeah. And then, <laughs> I don't want to go in all like really confident because then if I do something wrong, they might be like, oh, she's, she has no idea what she's doing. Um, but yeah, I f- yeah, I feel like it's fairly challenging, but you can, w- once you start to learn a bit, you start to get a bit more confident as time goes on. Mm-hmm. And have you found that that sort of, well, either the horsey students types or um, those you're seeing practice with, you know, vets or owners, or whatever, do you find them quite friendly, Meg? Or do you find that they're, they can be a little bit sort of, I suppose, snobby about people that aren't from the horsey community? Have you experienced any of that? Um, not massively. I feel like students that I've made friends with at uni, they've just kind of wanted to help you. So, like, I, when I um, have been with Lucy, she's just, like if I've done something wrong, she's like, oh, don't do it that way. This is a better way to do it. Yeah. Um, I feel like vets are the same. Um, they just want to help. Um, I think some of the clients can be a bit difficult. They're probably the ones that make me most nervous. Yeah. Because um, they know quite a lot about their animals as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it can be quite intimidating. Yeah, you feel sometimes you're on the back foot, I suppose, from what you're yeah. saying. And then you've kind of got to make up that extra bit, haven't you, of that horsey knowledge and everything else. Um, and, and I suppose same to you, like Lucy, do you, do you feel like the horse community is quite a friendly, welcoming one compared to maybe going on small animal or farm placements? Like how does it compare? Um, yeah, again, sort of the same, quite similar, really. Again, like I said before, just because I'm a lot more comfortable with horses, I mean, I'd be, I'd be happier doing a horse placement than small animal anyway, just because it's what I'm happy with. But I think to be honest, yeah, everybody, even if you're really, really good with horses, um, horse clients can be quite difficult. So, you know, it doesn't like from whatever background you're from, it, that is quite a hard thing. So that's the reputation. <laughs> yeah. And, and so what would your, what, how do you think we could make it easier as a kind of profession, um, you know, or as colleagues, as, you know, fellow students at, at vet school, how could we make it easier to help people that perhaps aren't horsey, um, feel like that is a career path they could choose so they can make it more exclusive, inclusive for everybody. Mm. That's um, I think just, to be honest, just getting better students involved with any sort of handling, 
So I was kind of, I was saying before how you, if I suppose, even if you don't know absolutely everything about the horse industry, if you look confident with a horse, you've kind of won half the battle already with your, with the client. Cause they're not, you know, they don't want you to go along and teach them how to ride their horse or how to ride better or anything. They just, yeah, they, they just want you to fix their horse for them. So if you look confident and happy with the horse, then yeah, I think you've already, you're sort of halfway there. And do you feel like there's enough of that kind of handling and sort of almost husbandry type stuff that that's that's taught at vet school, Meg? Do you feel like you get that or do you have to try and sort of find that yourself? I feel like we do, but obviously because of COVID recently, that was kind of put on like their um practical sessions were kind of like put on the back burner a little bit. Um so I feel like it has been a bit harder for our year to just go out and handle horses when you've only done it once before. Um but I do feel like now that COVID's kind of um, going away a little bit more, um, the practicals are a lot more focused on animal handling. And I think like with preclinical EMS, like that helps a lot. Um, but I do think it might be quite useful for, do you know how like the universities have like little animal handling bits? If there is equine bits, like maybe have the students in going doing jobs, like just mucking out or something yeah. just to like gain a bit more confidence rather than like under an examination kind of pressure, like just go out and like help around a little bit and then. Yeah. yeah just getting the basic experience, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And that's come up on a, we did another podcast with a, with another student, Flory Clark, who was mentioning that, you know, when you go out on EMS placements, you know, in a small E setting, you'll expect to be doing, you know, taking blood, maybe placing catheters, scrubbing up in surgeries and stuff like that. Whereas, the expectation of what you might get out of an equine placement is obviously a lot less because you might be on the road with the vet and the clients are there. And so it's perhaps allowing people to learn, particularly those without the horsey background, to learn some of those basic skills in just the handling and the lingo and listening to the conversation. You know, it might feel like it's not very clinical and very exciting, but actually it's really important skills and it can really pave the way to a more confident and comfortable sort of future in that, in that career path. What, what would, sort of make for people listening that have students come and spend time with their them at practice what would the sort of bits be that you'd like them to know that would make your ems placements as valuable as possible and as helpful as possible so lucy you maybe you first what's you know you know all the horsey stuff really so what bits would you find most helpful um gosh i don't know really just yeah just getting really involved and i suppose if you can read your student like i suppose if i I guess because I have the kind of horsey knowledge that side of it to actually be able to do more clinical stuff and not yeah I don't know not be kind of told all the basic things that you might might already know because what we were saying as well the other day how like a knee on a horse is obviously what we've learned as a stifle and everything else and even just like little things like that so obviously so if, if you said to somebody oh this it's this horse's knee then they'll be thinking I don't, is that is that it's me or you know just get confused with stuff like that so yeah, I don't know I don't know really just, yeah just get just trying to get as involved as you can really yeah what about you Meg like what going if you're going to a placement tomorrow like what would be the things you'd be really hoping that vet or that practice would be would be doing to give you the best chance to have a good experience yeah um I feel like it's quite hard for vets to get you involved in front of the clients because obviously mm. they don't really, if like you mess up it, you, they don't want the client seeing that. But um, I think even 
like Lucy said, like the basics, um, like getting the vet student to hold the horse while the vet picks up its feet or even putting the, a head collar on or taking the rug off. Yeah. Um, just like little things like that, really. Yeah, bits we probably don't really think about, actually, yeah. if, you, if you're used to doing them, but they're really valuable to someone that's not had that experience before, yeah. And I suppose that that sort of, that brings us to quite a, a pertinent point, really, is the terminology we use for the anatomy and all the other bits and bobs, but also whether we automatically label people, like we've done it the whole way through this, and it, we've kind of done it on purpose, really, to make a point, but that whole non-horsey and horsey labelling, which we all all do, and I suppose we've appreciate that that's just easier to say it in that way but that already sort of divides doesn't it I suppose you can say kind of distinguishes between people so um I suppose being careful with how you how you sort of phrase it so you don't feel like you're kind of pigeonholing someone straight away it's better maybe to just say what horse experience have you had you know rather than are you horsey (laughs) because it kind of sounds a bit more like you're uh, like you're yeah labeling them mm-hmm. so what would your top tips be for um for students let's say so for students that might be listening what would you tell them to do what has been the most valuable bits that you find is there any sort of resources outside of just talking with your friends and colleagues at, at vet school that you think would be helpful to to try and get their their sort of foot in the door as it were um honestly as silly as it may sound I actually before I came to vet school the pony club exams were honestly yeah it was amazing how much you actually do learn in those like it may sound silly doing that now whilst you're at vet school and stuff but it's actually and particularly for really basic stuff because from yeah when you're you know six years old you start learning how to do things and it might sound really silly to be doing that but yeah I yeah I found that really really helpful for yeah. What about you, Meg? Would you just sort of be telling them to try and like make connections and be confident or is there other bits that you feel like they can do for themselves? Um, yeah, I think the main thing would be confidence and asking questions. Like if you don't know anything, so it's better to ask and get the right answer than attempt something and do it wrong. Um, yeah. And just try and get as hands-on as possible. Like if you feel like, um, you're not doing very much and you're just standing there, maybe ask if you can hold the horse or yeah, or something. Because mm. it might not have occurred to the person that that bit would be really like helpful for you. Yeah, yeah. so sort of be, be, be bold to say, can I have a go at doing those things? And then I suppose a nice way to sort of finish off with you two, I suppose, would be to what, what, what do you hope to do with your careers? Like what bits of equine is it that excites you or where do you hope to be? In the next sort of five, ten years, that's a bit of a sprung question on you. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but Lucy, what's your what's your hopes and aspirations? It's nice to know. Um gosh, I do I love the horse racing. Um yeah, I, yeah, I do really enjoy that. Stud work as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, also anesthetic sort of stuff. Cause that, yeah, that's a lot of what dad um has done. And I've kind of spent a lot of time with him, and that's just what I've always really enjoyed doing. I love I would love to travel with the job as well. Um, before you know I sort of have to settle down a bit more I'd love to do a bit of traveling with it yeah yeah there's lots of opportunities in equine I mean there is in all the other fields but equine's got some fabulous overseas opportunities hasn't it and yeah good competition and racing and stuff you know there's lots of scope to go go elsewhere outside the UK and what about you Meg what's your hopes and aspirations Um, I'm not 100% sure I'm just going to book as many clinical placements as I can and just see what takes my interest Um, I quite like 
colic surgery as I've watched one of them. I think that's quite interesting. And again, racing, I find that quite interesting as well. Yeah. 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 That's really nice to hear. And nice to hear that you're keeping your options open too, because there is plenty, plenty to choose from. So um, as students, I mean, are either of you planning to come to Beaver Congress in September? Have you got any um, ideas about maybe getting involved with with that? Because, you know, we have the student stewards and things like that. It'd be nice to... Get involved. Have you heard about I'm it? I'm hoping to go. Yeah. yeah, I'm hoping to come. We were talking about it the other day with yeah. one of our other friends. Yeah, yeah. I think it's nice. I think that's a really nice way to network as well within the community and mm-hmm. Bitcoin bets. And it's it's a small but really friendly bunch. And I think that's you know mm-hmm. relative to smallies perhaps in terms of size. But um, yeah, I think you know getting to know people is amazing some of the other podcast episodes have sort of expanded on that really and how you can create your own opportunities in so many fun and interesting ways there's a lot 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 of excellent things you can do with your equine career so we look forward to seeing you potentially at congress and hearing more about your travels through your vet school and out the other side when you're fully fledged vets (laughs) exciting times (laughs) thanks for coming today and uh, chatting to us and uh, wishing you the best of luck with the rest of your course thank Thank you very much for having us take care